0: Hello, friends. This week, I have actually, over the last couple weeks, it is unbelievable to me how I have had some conversations with friends, people I know, people I admire, people who I find to be uber-intelligent, that have no interest in God. And what I find interesting is that I kind of feel like their lack of interest or frustration isn't really at God as much as it is about a human or an institution like church that has let them down, or the inability to be able to reason God, like to be able to define him or to prove him in a one plus one equals two kind of way. And That was going to be the whole conversation about this podcast episode. But another verse came to my head tonight, and it is a verse that, like a typical Hippie Christian Who Cares podcast, has come up several different times during the week. And it fits in with sort of godlessness, but it also fits in with who we are as Christians and what we do to deserve God's love. So stick with me, I think you're going to like this. The Bible verse that I am speaking of that kept coming up several times is from Matthew chapter 5, and I have really come to love the book of Matthew because it is filled with the words of Jesus Christ. So Jesus is teaching and preaching, and this is a section that has now been sort of titled love for your enemies and so it's kind of interesting though because i'm not sure who decided where one verse starts and another one um begins but there's 44 and 45 i feel like shouldn't have been split up jesus I'm going to read the whole thing first. So for verse 43 through 48, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbors and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous if you love those who love you what reward will you get are not even the tax collectors doing that and if you greet only your brothers what are you doing more than others do not even pagans do that be perfect therefore as your heavenly father is perfect well that's a tall order am i right but the verse that kept coming up Is sort of the second half of verse 45 it starts that you may be sons of your father in heaven but it's this part that kept coming up he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous so what does righteous mean? Well, let's just go to the dictionary, shall we? It's, um, I'm giggling says, cause it says feelings of, um, a per of a person or conduct morally right or justifiable virtuous so feelings of righteous indignation about paying conditions he is a good righteous man i am sure um very good or excellent um biblically what does it mean it basically says righteousness is given to us when we know that jesus is our lord and savior so when we accept that free gift from Christ, we become part of his righteousness simply because we believe simply by our faith. We have done nothing. Righteousness comes only from Jesus, right? Kind of like a captain picking somebody for his team. Okay, that's going to be a good example slash bad example. But look at it this way, right? Righteous and unrighteous. You're either on team Jesus or you're not. And I like in this verse that he causes the sun to rise on evil and good, and sends rain on the righteous and unrighteous. I don't necessarily think that obviously evil and good are like behaviors, but righteous and unrighteous clearly have to do with knowing God, right? So you can be a good person and not know God, but you don't But you are not righteous. You are not made holy by Christ because you don't accept that. So, when I say it's kind of like a captain picking teams, look at it this way. Jesus, Captain Jesus, isn't picking based on our ability, based on our physicality, our intelligence our personality team jesus is a group of people who want to be on jesus's team who accept the invitation who show up because jesus says hey if you want to be on my team show up know me as your captain done did deal I'm Jesus. I died on the cross for your sins. You show up and know that I rose victorious over death, sin, and the devil. And you're on Team Jesus. That easy. You show up, you get picked. The other team, non-Team Jesus, the world is the captain. And the world wants the best. They want you to be in perfect shape. They want you to be smarter than other people. They want you to be the best. All the things, the richest, the smartest, the coolest, all the things, right? Best cars and top jobs and credentials that could fill pages of resumes, all this stuff. And so on that side of things, you are just working to get there and get there and get there. Right. And it, and you have to work for it, right? You're going to have to work out and you're going to have to do all the right things to be part of the world's team. And yet you're on the team, but you're waiting for your chance to get picked but not on team Jesus. On team Jesus, you show up and you accept it and you get to be righteous, which is holy and part of God's family. And it is an amazing thing. And Jesus throughout Matthew talks about righteousness. And even warns us about righteousness, like when it comes to chapter six in giving to the needy. Chapter six, verse one, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others, to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your father in heaven. So we don't boast about it. We don't help people so that we get accolades or kudos for it Um, in later in chapter 6 in verse 33 he says but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well so we're looking to be like jesus but here's the thing Our captain Jesus doesn't discount those who don't want him. He doesn't discount the godless or the folks on team world. He is looking for them to have the opportunity and the light bulb go off To know him and understand who he is and become part of team Jesus he will pick them when they decide to move to another team right happens in football all the time am I right not sure the Jets are particularly excited that Aaron Rodgers wanted to switch teams but it happens He's not the first that moved to another team. Tom Brady did, right? So it can happen. Here's what Jesus says about that. In Matthew 9, verse 13, he says, But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners hold that thought because that's me and you i know and we just talked about being righteous but we are sinners so righteousness puts us on team jesus humanness puts us in the sinner category it is only when we are connected to christ that we are righteous otherwise we can't uphold it and remember it, at the end of chapter five he says be perfect therefore as your heavenly father is perfect when we are made righteous we are made perfect we as sinners on this earth just can't maintain that because we're sinful we make mistakes the great news is we go to our team captain and we say hey i'm so sorry and we ask for forgiveness and we also forgive others ouch that's hard right especially when somebody is just so annoying or constantly rude to you or unkind and just does things over and over and you're like i'm not even going to forgive you but you have to because jesus forgives us every time and and it's grace and mercy so grace is giving us what we don't deserve. And mercy is not giving us what we deserve, right? So grace is just pouring on love and forgiveness when we don't deserve it. But mercy is not giving us death for our sinfulness when we deserve it, because the wages of sin is death, which is the reason Jesus Christ came to earth, because God said, if you eat from the tree of good and evil, surely you will die. And so we die an earthly death because of sin, but Jesus saves us from that earthly death. And so in Matthew 9 13, but go and learn what this means. And I'm guessing he's like, go and learn and relearn and relearn and relearn. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. So we're sinners. He calls us, we become righteous. And we continue to learn that it's not Our sacrifices it's not our offering it's not our good works it's not our deeds it's not our kindness it is the mercy of Jesus Christ so like so good right like we get to stay on team Jesus simply by continually taking all that Jesus offers us as his, as our captain. Sometimes as Christians, we get a little self-righteous. Self-righteous is having a characterized by a certainty, especially an unfounded one, that one is totally correct or morally superior. I know there are moments in my life where I've felt a little self-righteous. also, uh, thesaurus, um like synonym or a similar way of saying this is holier than thou, and the crazy part is we're just not, and it's hard to be mad it's hard to be unforgiving when you know Jesus because you feel so convicted by it I know you guys probably think I'm the nicest human in the world because I do this podcast I'm not I'm not I am so sinful and I work really hard to not be and then there's other times that I work really hard to not forgive somebody either which is so not cool and jesus calls us out for it similar the way that he did with um some of the sadducees and pharisees he's talking about john the baptist when he's in matthew 21 when he says for john came to you to show you the way of righteousness and you did not believe him but the tax collectors and the prostitutes did, and even after you saw this, you didn't repent and believe. And I'm sure that it's just that judgy thing, like ooh, prostitutes, tax collectors, bad people, They're like ooh, she she drives a Malibu, gross. You know, I like I don't know if I want to be on the same team as her because her house is gross and she has fourteen pounds of unfolded laundry on her bed right now i know right it's just annoying but that's what happens when i get traveling so much and then i get out of sorts and then i get crabby and not cool and i lose my righteousness and i need to continue to go back to christ and say help me on that same note matthew 23 28 in the same way on the outside you appear to be people at, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. And we have to check ourselves. We have to check ourselves. It's not me checking you. It's not me judging my friends who I love dearly and admire that don't want to know God. It's not me checking them. They need to check themselves, and and I need to pour the same love, grace, and mercy on them that Jesus pours on me. And so that's just how it works, and being on Team Jesus is such a gift, but we have work to do too. Jesus kind of sums it up in a parable in chapter 13 of Matthew that starts with verse 24 and goes to verse 30, and then is explained in verse 36 through 43. But here's where I have to be careful. When I listen to some of these parables, I find myself getting a little self-righteous in the sense of identifying with the good person or the good seed, so to speak. But it isn't always true, especially when I'm frustrated or angry or choosing to be unforgiving that is the seed of the devil planting weeds in my garden right so let's just get to the parable and not my version the parable of the weeds jesus told them another parable the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at that time, I will tell the harvester, first collect the weeds and tie them into the bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. So he goes on to tell another parable. And then the parable of the weeds is explained in verse 36. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. And it's kind of interesting, you guys, because these are disciples that have been listening to Christ, you know, for weeks at least, I'm guessing, more than days. And they're even struggling to understand. So we, we always have to keep... Working on knowing who Jesus is and what he says and understanding these stories and the commandments that he gives us, he answered The one who sowed the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is at the end of the age, and the harvesters are the angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned into the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the fiery furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let them hear. Why well, the ears? And I'm certainly going to listen to this, because I know that sometimes I can throw bad seed into somebody else's garden and be guilty of having those weeds grow up even in my own um, What's the word I'm looking for? Even in my own, um, I'll say garden. But the key is making sure that we take care of the good seed and continue to go back to our team captain and say, hey, I've got some weeds here. I know they need to be pulled. And Jesus says, I'm gonna take care of that. You keep focusing on me, and I will take care of the bad seeds, right? So, what team do you want to be on? So back to Matthew 5 45, he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good, the good seed and the bad seed, and he sends rain. On the righteous and the unrighteous. He, Team Captain Jesus, is giving us all chances. He's giving us opportunity to spread good seed. He's giving us opportunity to help those who don't know God to come to know God. And maybe it's not, not maybe, it's not our job to pull the weeds or to do the gardening. Remember, Jesus says, no, I'll take care of that. But it is our job to spread the good seed. It is our job to promote our team captain and to recruit people to be on our team and say, come as you are. Like, it's okay that you failed in the world on the world team. It's okay that you weren't good enough for the world. It's okay that you weren't smart enough or skinny enough or perfect enough, because none of us are perfect. We're all sinners. And even though each team is full of sinners, we also get to be saints when we know Jesus. We get to be righteous when we know Christ. We don't have to do anything other than accept that beautiful gift of that invitation to be on Team Jesus. Go team! I used to be a cheerleader, by the way. So anyways, big shout out to to my sister Susie, who is also an amazing cheerleader and one of my biggest fans. And shout out to um, all of you who are so amazing in my life. And I'm grateful to have each one of you as a listener. And thank you, Paul, for the jokes. You're pretty funny, too. Oh,